Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. Our epistle reading is, of course, from St. Paul's letter to the Galatians. And much of his letter is dealing with uh, the Judaizers. It's an early Christian heresy, really the first heresy, Christian heresy, uh, in the early church. The Judaizers and their followers have got Paul quite concerned in this letter to the Galatians. These people professed Christ, they believed in Christ, but they taught that in order to be saved, One had to become a Jew first, by circumcision. And then they were obliged to keep the Old Testament law. And this is the first Christian heresy. St. Paul comes after them pretty hard in this epistle because their teaching threatens great harm to the church and to the gospel itself. In Galatians chapter 5, which we read from last week, today was from chapter 6 primarily, We hear things from Paul such as, do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. If you becoming circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. You have become estranged from Christ. These are the warnings if people follow after the Judaizers' teaching. You have fallen from grace. Pretty serious warnings. Then he tells us how he really feels about the circumcision when he says, I could wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves off. So, he's not fooling around. This is serious business. His message is unmistakable. That we cannot be saved by circumcision or the law. We are saved by faith. By the grace of God. But after hammering the Judaizers, he immediately and obviously becomes quite concerned that some people might hear what he is not saying. And so he feels the need to clarify his message with equal force on the other side. So he goes on to speak about our choice. This is what we talked about last week. Are we going to live after the flesh or are we going to walk in the spirit? And he enumerates which each of these choices look like. If we are in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. St. Paul's anti-Judaizing message obviously has nothing to do with undermining a life of obedience to God and morality. That's not what he's talking about. Our reading this morning in chapter 6 continues this theme. Just because you are not saved by circumcision and bound by the Mosaic law does not mean that there are no standards. It does not mean that God does not intend to make you righteous. And it does not mean that there is no law. First, he denounces the Judaizers as having fallen away from Christ and returning to slavery. And then he deals equally with equal force with the antinomians, you know, anti-law, lawless, the lawless, who think that grace means there is no law. That's the context. And here's the particular part 
that I want us to focus on this morning. Beginning in verse uh, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. In other words, he's saying our liberty in Christ, which he mentions earlier in this passage, does not mean that we can just do whatever we feel like. That's not the kind of liberty that we receive in Christ. There was another heresy, by the way, in the early church, a sort of parallel to the Judaizers, but it was just the opposite. While the Judaizers were calling for circumcision and obedience to the Mosaic law, these other heretics were saying our liberty in Christ means we can just, you know, have at it. Just whatever feels good, do it. There is still a law to be obeyed, St. Paul is telling us, and he actually refers to the law in this very passage in verse 2 as the law, quote, the law of Christ. We are obliged to obey the law of Christ. It is the law of love. It is the law of doing good. Which brings me to the main point that I want to emphasize this morning. Verse 9. Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Now I just want to clarify right off that, quote, doing good is not just social action. Doing good here, according to Paul, it's, it's the whole Christian life of worship, sacrifice, humility, zeal for God, mortification of the flesh, generosity, repentance, serving others. It's all of this. It's not just social action or, you know, volunteering at the food pantry once a month. This is the doing good that St. Paul is talking about. It is a holy and virtuous, disciplined, sacrificial life offered to God. Let us not grow weary in living this life. Let us not grow weary in following the commandment of Christ in His church. For in due season, if we do not grow weary, we will reap. We will reap a great reward if we do not Lose heart. Now, it's obvious, should be obvious to all of us here, why he gives such an admonition not to lose heart. It's because we do so easily lose heart. We do so easily grow weary. So easily do we return to our old life. We slack off. We forget. We lose interest. We become lukewarm. We forget our first love. We look at the Jews in the Old Testament. You know, God parts the Red Sea, delivers them from Egypt and Pharaoh and all the demons. And no no sooner do they get dried off and cleared up than they're worshiping golden calves. And we think, how can they do such a thing? And yet we do the same thing ourselves again and again and again. We forget what God has done for us. And our love grows cold. What if we do lose heart? What if we do give up? What if we begin well our race, but end poorly? Well, 
Those are sorts of questions that I'm posing but not wanting to answer. The point of the question is not for me to judge, not even for you to judge, but hopefully to bring us to a point of sobriety and perspective to take stock of our life, our Christian life. To understand that this race that we are in, it's not a sprint. We're not shooting stars. This is about the long game. And every day, we have an opportunity to run our race or to walk away from our race. In the end, it makes little difference how you came out of the gate. Maybe you came out strong. Well, it doesn't really matter in the end. What matters is how you finish. You can come out of the gate strong and you can be living in that past thinking, man, I was so zealous for God. It matters how you live today, here, now, in the present. It matters that we do not grow weary in this race. Now, hearing it put this way might cause you anxiety. I know it does, many, because many people tell me they feel this pressure that they feel like they can't live up to. It causes great anxiety to think that every day counts. But this shouldn't cause us anxiety. Our life in Christ is not about achieving something impossible. It's just about being who we are. It's not like God is requiring you to sing the Declaration of Independence in Cantonese, and if you don't, you're going to, you know, just incinerate. It's not that. It's more like you just need to keep breathing or you will die. You've been born above by the Spirit, just like Silas has this morning. And you've been given everything you need for life and godliness. We stumble because we don't believe it. Sometimes the way we approach the Christian life we think about it as like a power lift. We, mu we muster all the mental and physical energy we can for a few moments of exertion. And then we're worn out and need to take a long break. I prayed yesterday. I need a week off. That's how we think about it. But we approach it like, you know, I've got to build up all this energy and this mental psychological preparation and I'm going to do this big lift and then I'm going to take a good long break. But that's not how life in the spirit works. First of all, it doesn't even require that kind of energy. It requires faith. But with faith in God, we can do all things. The point is, is it's not like we take a break from life in the spirit. It's constant. And if that thought of constancy in our obedience, our faith, our life in the Spirit, if that wears you out, if that causes you undue anxiety and a sense of pressure and, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Then you are thinking about it all wrong. You're missing something. That's what I'm telling you. You're missing something. It should not cause that feeling in you. And I know that it does. It's caused that feeling in me. And many of you have told me it's caused that feeling in you. If it's causing that feeling, we can be rest assured something's not lining up. Something's not firing right. The thing that concerns me the most, speaking as your pastor, is not just in you, but in me as well. It's our inconsistency. It's our faithfulness or the lack thereof. Our lack of consistency, our lack of faithfulness is 
from a lack of faith. We're controlled by our emotions, by our appetites. We lack consistency which comes from a life that's lived by faith, not by being emotionally driven or by appetites and desire. What you want, your goal, your goal is to become like a steam locomotive with you know, tremendous torque going up an infinite hill at about a 3% grade. That's what you want to pattern your life after. That's what you're shooting for, okay? Steady, faithful, slight incline, but with tremendous force and unstoppable power. Make this the goal of your life, and I promise you, you will reap a great reward. Now, the church gives us all kinds of tools to help us achieve this life in the Spirit. If you are confused, as I am sometimes, about what they are or how to implement them, you should make an appointment. Send me an email, make an appointment, and we'll sit down together and we'll try and figure out together how we can move forward. Again, if this message stresses you out, then at least you can know that you're not getting something. You can say, I should not be stressed. Father says, I should not be stressed. I'm missing something. So I want to hear this message and find a way to implement it without being stressed. I doubt that anybody here is stressed because they need to go home and eat today. Does that stress you out? Probably not. I ate last week. Why do I have to go through this all over again? I can't handle the pressure. How does God expect me to keep this up? I mean, what if I can't do it? I'm only human. Didn't Jesus do everything? I got to eat again to stay alive? I mean, none of us think that way. Eating's part of our existence. Something we usually take great joy in. It's not something that causes us panic and anxiety. We don't feel like it's some unachievable goal to eat enough food to live. We all do it perfectly well, all too well, perhaps. Likewise, we need to be Christians. We need to do good, fulfill the law of good. We need to be Christians today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Let's not set the bar so low that we settle for lukewarm 30% of the year. Faithfulness, 10 days out of the month. We'll be in the spirit at least 50% of the time. I'm shooting for a high C. That's not how it works. That's not how this Christian life works. Do not grow weary in doing good. Do not grow weary in living according to the law of Christ, the law of love. The law of doing good. Because life in the Spirit is a wonderful life with a great reward. But we will only live it if we have faith in God and if we believe in His promises. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.